I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. You f***ing irritate the shit out of me! I'm only going to get this one chance. It's just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen, but I don't know what. All I hear, go get the money. So I go get it. Hate means I do something right. So I'm alive. Hey, 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 what's going on, peeps? Welcome to Gap Cell Keenan number 35. These are fun. I like these. You know what they are? For those of you who know, Gap Cell Keenan is a real sales call live, being broadcast live to you around the world. As you get to watch a real salesperson try to sell me, they have to find a problem I or my company have and see if we they can solve it. And if they can solve it, we'll buy. We are on Gap Cell Keenan number 35. We've had one sale. One in 35. Those are not very good odds. So let's see if our contestant, I don't know what you want to call him, if our, our poor sucker who's coming into the lion's den, see if they can do better. So let's welcome Mr. Matt Walsh. Welcome, Matty. Thank you, Keenan. Very happy to be here. Oh, I'm happy to have you, baby. I'm happy. Are you, are you, am I going to spend some money? Yeah, well, we'll see, right? That, that's the whole point of, uh, of the conversation. Let's okay. There's some alignment. Did you read the book? I did read the book. Man, when someone comes on and says they haven't, I just like, really? I know. Okay, good. I know. Have you watched it? Be one better. Yeah. I did the online uh, beta uh, training when it was in beta because I'm in the Walmart training. Group. Wow. Group. Wow. What'd you think? I loved it. It was very cool. Very uh, choose your own adventure, choose your own training style. Enjoyed it a lot. Dope. I love it. Okay. Do you think it helped? I do. I do. It, it helped in different ways than, uh, than the book, you know, because I think in the book, it helped me understand some of the concepts around, you know, problem identification. Um, but in the online thing, it forced me to do more examples and look at my own opportunities in a different way. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So let's see. The proof will be in the pudding if it really <laughs> helped, right? The proof will be in the pudding. So Here's the deal, my man. I'll give you two minutes to sort of just high level tell me what it is you do, what you sell, create some context, and then the floor is yours, dog. Love it. Thank you, Keenan. So, yeah. you know, I, I think you'd appreciate this. My, my goal in this isn't to sell you anything, right? It's, it's to have right. a good conversation. If there's alignment, great. And uh, the less talking I do, the, the better. And I know I'm doing a good job if I don't see this. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, you pay right, that, that that is the that is the getting the pitched to death um, face, and so I want to avoid that. But for a little bit of context, so I I uh, my background, I spent ten years in enterprise sales roles at SAP. Um, hated doing CRM data entry. Found a lot of the teams that I would work with struggled with what you call in your book the CRM challenge. Yep. Right. Information's not in there or it's so generic. You don't even know which opportunity they're even referring to. Um, so started a company, had that harebrained idea to leave a, a comfortable job. Um, we work with teams that are looking to reinforce their sales processes, but do it in a unique way that doesn't require much more uh, data entry on the reps. So it was a scratch your own itch. Okay. Situation. Um, I'm sure you know that feeling well and kind of curious what motivated you to make that leap from working for somebody to working for yourself. Oh, man, I did it four times, failed in three of them. So, I mean, I don't even that's a that's a big question. I don't even know where to start for a sales guy. Well, let's start with uh, with that particular motivation. It happened by accident. 
So I started a blog in 2009, blogged every day for 712 straight days, uh, built a following. The following got bigger and bigger. People started reaching out, asked me if I wanted to, um, if I said this, I read this blog post where I've been following you and we need help with our sales org. Can you help us? And so uh, I had another job and I turned them down and then we got bought by another company and they let the North American sales org go. And so I sat there and I said, okay, I got six, eight months to find a new job. Do I go work for someone else? So I just spent six, eight months seeing if I can build this consulting practice. So I called up the people who had originally called me up and said, do you still need help? And they said, yes. And 10 years, 11 years, wait, 2019, 11 years later, here we are. Still going. Yeah. Yeah. So along that journey, I mean, what, what do you determine to be success for a sales guy? Is it, is it revenue targets? Is it number of teams or, or people you work revenue with? Targets. Revenue targets and profitability. Yeah. Yeah. So 2020 has been a crazy year, right? As, uh, as we're winding down, how have you, how are you tracking against your adjusted goals? Um, I guess our adjusted goal, we're going to be down about Oh, my math is terrible. We were looking at, so I think uh, someone has to be smarter than math on me because I don't think it's a straight. We were looking at 150% growth and I think we're going to either, we're going to stay flat or grow by five or 7%, which in my opinion, we did a hundred percent growth the year before. So for us to, to keep our number after COVID and everything, that's a win. Are you kidding me? Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. So 150, 150% growth in 2019, 5 or 7%. 100%, 100% growth in 2019, 18 to 19. Wait, yep. Yep. And in 19, all 19, 100% growth. And then this year we targeted 150% growth, 160 to be exact. And we're probably going to be, I think we're probably going to finish about 105, 110%. Sure. 10, 5 to 10% growth. Sure, sure. Um, what, what about for 2021 planning? What are you, what are your targets? 100%. Again. 100%? No, 100%. Sorry. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yep. So to get there, um, what what do you imagine the mix of, of revenue between consulting, training, and some of the newer services that you've been adding? Um, we haven't sat down and done that yet, uh, but I'm going to say probably, uh, probably 50% training, virtual live training, training with me or another coach. Our trainer, I would say 25% in the online and 25% consulting. Okay. And it could even be 33, 33, 33. I mean, it's it's somewhere in the same neighborhood across all of them. Sure. Don't have enough data to really know yet, but probably end up being something like that. Sure. And your for your for your training, your your more group training, not the the individual um, offerings. What would you say is the ideal client that you look for in terms of size, number of um, reps on a team for those ideal, uh, ideal. Ideal. So you think of a bell curve rather than binary, right? right. The top of that bell curve and that little tiny dot, I would say sales teams of about 50 to a hundred is ideal. Um, you know, you come, I don't say come down, but, and I don't even know what the left to the right would be, but I guess the right would be, they get too big. So let's go that way. The right get too big and too squirrely and whatever. So that could start as you start getting to, you know, just to the right, that little down team to four or 500. Then you get the team to, to 750. Then you start going to be 1,000, 2,000. Where we are in the size of us and what that takes and all the bullshit you got to go through, that's less and less our, our ideal customer profile. And the other way as well, you're, you know, the, let's say 300 right in the middle or 400 in the middle. Then you get over to 250. That's still pretty good. Drop down to 150, uh, then 50. And those are all pretty good. When you start getting into 
10 and five and eight, we can do it. It's just not ideal, but we should sure. do small teams a lot. So that's probably the best way to do that. There's your bell curve, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And on the smaller groups too, you have the online offerings that can, can meet yes. those needs, right? Yes. Yeah. And we have company and team settings for that now, which is really dope. We just put a big company on that and they're thrilled. Right. So um, yes. Yeah. Okay. So if we if we talk about the companies in the middle of that bell curve, let's say to the right, to, to the larger size, um, you go through the work, you, you, you book them for, for training after the training is, is complete. What, what opportunities do they have to continue to work with you or what additional revenue streams do you have after a, a training? So, so right now we have consulting and we structure these customized consulting projects to help them reinforce it, to, to work with their team, to put in processes, et cetera. We're going to roll out another set of very, uh, we'll call them boxed. I'm sure I'll come up with some cool brand name then, but where they can act rather than buying a whole month of customized consulting, they can buy, you know, pick development. They could buy, um, you know, uh, management reinforcement. They could buy problem, you know, um, role play. They could buy gong and exec vision, exec vision reviews. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We're going to package small things to, to reinforce. They can buy, so we're launching a, I don't call it new products, for lack of a better word, new products. Sure, sure. What, what percentage of companies take on those follow-on offerings, those follow-on consulting? With the training, usually about at least 50 to 70%, I'd say. Yeah. The smart ones do. <laughs> so 50 to 70%. Uh, the ones that don't, are there any major reasons why they say they don't? They don't have it in the budget. They think they can do it themselves. They... <sighs> You know, I, that's a great question. I don't sell very much anymore. I mean, I'm in some of them, so that's a good question. We, we, we highly recommend, let me tell you, let me just put that. We highly, highly recommend, and we use gap selling to it saying, this is what your problems are. These are the issues, blah, blah, blah. Based on what you just told us, this is what we recommend. But every once in a while, someone just like, no, nope, we get it. We're, we're fine. Maybe later. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, they're probably assuming that the, uh, the training is just going to stick and it's yeah. going to, Right. And, and I mean, do you see that to be the case? Uh, how, how do people get good at, at gap selling? Getting good at gap selling is like golf, man. I say this all the time. Look, um, not a, golf is not a hard concept to understand. You have a stick, a ball, and a hole, and you're outside. Put this ball in that hole in as few t- tries as possible. Not a very hard co- game to co- uh, conceptualize, is it? No. Gap selling is the same thing. But, boy, when you start actually trying to play the game of golf – and you swing that club for the first time, you miss the ball, or it just goes into the wood. All of a sudden, oh, this is a lot harder than I thought. Same thing with um, same thing with gap selling. I mean, my my funniest thing, and, and it drives me crazy. And sometimes I'm indignant about it, and other times I'm humorous about it. How many people tell me they gap sell? And how many people tell me, oh yeah, I've been doing this for years, and I know exactly about this, but I like your spin on it. And then I actually make them try to do it or make their team do it, and they look like asshats. Like I don't know what you think you got out of gap selling, but you can't do it. It's not easy. It's not easy. And so people need to keep practicing. Yeah. And, and I imagine it's, it's, they need to practice and, and their managers also need to. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's a two way street. Yep. Yeah. Okay, um, Matt, you are eight minutes in and I have no fucking clue where you're going. Okay. So, so yep. You, look, I'm going to give you an A on the style of which you ask questions. And I'm going to give you an A on the types of questions you're asking. As far as a type of question, the sure. quality and quantity of the question, I'm reserving my grade because I don't know where the fuck you're going. And if this was a real sales call, I would have been like, dude, where are you taking me? Because I don't understand. 
Remember what gap selling tries to teach you to do. To do what? Identify the gap between the current state and future state. Yes, but the first thing you have to do is what? Find what? The problem. Thank you. These questions aren't helping me understand. I want to feel like I'm in the doctor's office yeah. and I told the doc and he's like, why are you? I'm just not feeling good. Let's be that broad. And I want to feel like he's trying to find out where I'm not feeling good. Yep. Right. And, and, and instead you're asking me, so what would you like to do on the weekends that you can't do right now? And right. where would you like to go here? And, and tell me about the times you were playing with your kids soccer and tell me what you did this set. Like, okay, this is what I want to do, but you haven't, you're not helping me feel like you're finding a problem. Yep. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. So you mentioned fifty to seventy percent of the the teams that you work with uh, continue, and a duration could be a month or two, a couple of months. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. So after that, after say three months after training, is it fair to say zero percent of those kind yeah, of? I'd most, I'd say most of the time. Yeah, not okay. all the time. If it's training, yes. If it's consulting, it goes much longer. But that's a different. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you're trying to hit. 200% growth or 100% growth for, for the next year. Yep. Um, and you do all the work to, to land these clients, but then the revenue stream just stops. I don't, I don't want to self-diagnose here, but yeah, look at ah, I know, I know. I was, trying, I was trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying you not to. Yourself right into it. Yeah. I, I, I don't have any concern right now at least around people not spending any more money with us um, after three months or after two months. Right now, I don't, I don't have any concerns that that's going to stunt our growth. And here's the other part, too. It, generally speaking, after that period of – I'm going to give you a freebie. Generally speaking, after that period of time, normally we're pretty confident that people actually got it or they're making progress. And so we, we step out anyways. Mm. You see what I'm saying? We like we step out for them anyways because they kind of got it. Like yeah. that's the great thing about gap selling is literally everybody listen closely. When we gap sell here at a sales guy, we literally practice what we preach. We eat our own dog food. Once we're in there for a while and you've gone through the training, we've done the management training and and you've gotten the consulting and I've sat and listened to gong calls and we've worked with the team and we've done role play. And we've done this for two or three months. You've got it. I don't need to be there. Sure. So it's not like I got to sell you something else. Like I got to sell you something else. Like my goal is to get the hell out as fast as possible because you're thrilled the team's crushing it and you tell someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go. Um, so like, I and, and, and why, why do you want to get, get out of there? I mean, is it because I don't, I want to get out of there because I want to fix their problem. Yep. Look, I don't think people understand, right? I don't, I don't want a mechanic who sees that my car is broken and then he keeps my car for three weeks. A good mechanic sees my car's broken and gets that shit fixed as fast as possible, gets me on the road as fast as possible. Yeah. If I have a problem again, I'm going to go right back to him. Same thing here. People have sales teams that are fucked up. They're not going as fast. They've got these issues, et cetera. And I want to come in, fix it, and get them going as fast as possible. Sure. And, and, and so, so Keaton, I know you were a, a ski instructor, right? So um, when you were teaching people how, how to ski – What's what value do they have of getting continual reinforcement reminders of of some of the lessons that you taught them? Okay, continual reinforcement reminders. That's to mean that. Well, first off, most I was private, so I know where you're going. But I did private lessons at Vail, and they're a thousand dollars a day, and so people would pay for a week and ski around with me, and then I might not see him for another year, and we'd pick up where we left off. So, but I see where you're going. Um, 
the, the bottom line is you can only give someone so much information and let them work on that before you try to teach them something else. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, what I would do with I had people who had for seven or eight days, I'd show them something in the beginning and be a lot of instruction. Then it'd be a pause and we just ski around. And then I'd, if I saw them deviate from somebody, hey, remember, go try to go back and do that. Get back and do that little piece. And when they got that little piece, then I'd add on top of it. Sure. Right? So let's say I'm trying to help them carve a turn, right? There might be nine or 10 little things in that carve they're doing wrong, right? And so I get the first one first. I might say, look, man, we need to inside leg steer. Don't worry about anything else. Just, and we get that. And once they're inside leg steering, I'm like, okay, let's get you tipping now. Let's get you on the edges. And, or let's get you independent on the third one. Now that you're, you're inside steering and you're on your edges, now let's create upper and lower body separation so you're not turning your whole body across the mountain. See yep. what I'm saying? So yep. and all of that goes into one thing, the car, right? So sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So so if, if we run with that analogy, right? Um, if you're a sales manager, how are you seeing this kind of information? Is, is it fair to say to to see if if your team is effectively gap selling, they're looking in CRM to to see the, the quality of the information they're able to address the, the CRM challenge that you talk about? My people are their people. Their people. So if, if, if I'm a sales manager, my team went through your training and, and I'm going to try and be, and be you and I'm going to try and coach my team ongoing, where would I look to find CRM? CRM? We, we teach the, the reinforced gap selling is all through the pipeline and the CRM. Yep. So review meetings. Yep. So do you find, do you hear from managers? Saying that the information, even after training, still isn't in yeah. CRM or CRM isn't configured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you do anything to help them resolve that? We were actually building a um, a uh, Salesforce plugin that would map to the gap selling methodology. So, the current state, future state, the five elements under the current state, five elements under the future state, right? Yep. And then defining the gap, decision criteria. Uh, buying process and next yes and then we because of covid we stopped okay um any plans to resume that yeah probably was it a cost issue um that, that in a prioritization issue yeah we weren't out on site anymore yeah so i mean we were literally supposed to start it in march and then all of our on-site trainings got canceled and all of our consulting i mean we had everybody cancel like crazy so we pivoted to online virtual and that was mostly individual contributors. We just didn't think it was worth the money to try to, we, we didn't know it would work. So we just thought it was too much of an expenditure against our current market and there were other places we want to spend the money, like getting the online training up. Sure. Um, so, that, so that could have been an additional revenue stream for you? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, so and, and, that, and that's one part of the, of the equation, right? Is having CRM set up to be able to capture this information. Yeah, but that's not a problem. So, so here's the problem. So Matt, you're super articulate. And you're really easy to talk to, but you're, you're doing a terrible job at di- diagnosing and dissecting a problem. Like what, like you gotta ask yourself, what, what symptoms would I have? Like what type, of, what type of problem are you trying to find? Reinforcement of training. Make that a problem. Um, additional, uh, revenue to hit your 2021 goals. That's still not a problem. It's still not a problem. If you're talking 21, 2021, has that happened yet? No. So is it a problem? No, um, but but flat but but flat flat growth for this year 
I mean, is that fair to say that's a problem? I actually answered that question already. Yeah, it, it was it was successful. I mean, being flat is good in a COVID year. Dude, I'm a small company that did 90% of its revenue on site starting in 2020. Yeah. COVID hits, every single one of my clients canceled and all my on-site training canceled. We pivoted and still are going to equal what we did last year or grow a little bit from last year, right? Mm -hmm. In the middle of COVID, and that is a 100% growth from the year before. So it's not like we were, we've been flat for several years of grew. So we had this massive growth and we're able to maintain that level. How in the world is that not a success? It is, it absolutely is. I'm like, wait a minute, you own your own company, man. If that's not a success, maybe I need to come work for your ass. No, but, well, we would, we would we'd hire you in a second, but no, that is absolutely- uh, Yeah, I'm thrilled. Like we had our biggest year ever last year and we're going to either maintain it or grow it by a small percentage in the middle of COVID. That's a fucking win in my book. That is a massive win, completely. And I told you that before. So see, this is the point. You, get, you gotta pay attention, people. Yep. You gotta listen and pay attention and you gotta know what problem you're trying to find. So what problem you're trying to find? I mean, I'm so I'm working through the, the the problems that I was identifying. The the next one that I would look to. Now I want you to go back to those problems because you didn't really define any problems, as far as I'm concerned. What problem were you trying to look for? The ability for your customers, your clients, to be successful after a sale. Okay, so that's nice. So, were you looking to build a partnership with me, or correct? So, you want me to be like a reseller or something like that? Yeah, what I would hope for is your team, your clients get trained on gap selling. Um, I imagine you give them some collateral, right? PDFs and, and worksheets, like a, like a problem identification chart, but that's static, right? They, they fill that out. It sits in its own. So it doesn't update CRM. They would have to go in and manually update CRM. So what I would propose is something like noted analytics could have all of the Keenan training and, and methodology built into it but it has bi-directional communication with CRM. So it's guiding them through the process um, as, as these people are in front of their customers, as they're doing their day-to-day -day work, but it's also populating CRM so their managers have access is to it a, is it. A, is, it a, is it a Salesforce app in the App Exchange? It's on the Salesforce App Exchange. Okay, and so th this thing would allow them or guide them or act as a... a I guess a framework to make sure that they get all the gap selling information into the sale, into the CRM as they go along. Absolutely. Yep. They're customized. Yep. Man, I have no fucking clue what you would do in the last 20 minutes. I was trying to get the reinforcement. Yeah. Reinforcement of what? You've got to find a problem. I know. So what? Everybody, everybody, listen, I'm, got, I'm sitting here talking to the CEO of a company who's super articulate, who's clearly smart as fuck, and yet he, he, he completely missed the entire sale. The only questions you should have been asking the entire time, and, and just to help you out too, I might have, I might have said, listen, I, I'm actually, I'm trying to sell you a partnership, not a product, just to, to get my head in the right place, yeah. right? Yeah. Outside of that, you said, I'm trying to sell you a partnership. I think there's a third-party app that we can provide to you that's going to help your business. Then I would have said, tell me about what happens when mm. you are on site and people are beginning to execute the gap selling. 
That's where you should have started. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like that's where you should have started. Yeah. Everything else is a waste of fucking time. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not seeing how you're going to help me hit all these goals. I'm like, where's it going with this? Yeah. Right? I don't understand what he's trying to do. I don't understand how his CRM product is going to help me make more money. Right. Yeah. I don't see it's going to help my world any better. But when you start with, tell me about how they do it. Right. And then you dig in. Then you say, now, when, if you've really done your homework or really been thinking, you could have said, or listen, you could have said, look, the type of information that people need for gaps, because I say it, you, you remember the CRM chapter, do I not say this? The amount of information that is required to be a gap seller is off the charts. You have, right? That spoke to me. So then why you didn't say to me, so Keenan, understanding the amount of information that needs to go into CRM, are you seeing the teams do it? No, generally speaking, not. And then I would have said, we're building this whole thing to do it. You got me there, right? And yeah. then you said, well, it's not done right now. So then you could have said, so wait a minute. You, you believe there was some value in getting that done. And now that you don't have it done, if there was, I have a solution that was doing what you're doing, do you think that might be an interim, uh, interim opportunity for you? Based on the fact that this this using my data, that's not self-diagnosis. That's getting me to admit the problem. You're saying, well, I can solve that problem right now if you want to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Right? And then you would have had my attention 22 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wait, okay, wait, wait. So, so talk to me more about this. And then you could have dug in deeper. Yeah. Right? And then I then I probably would have taken over the conversation and said, well, wait, okay. <laughs> if, does it plug in with Salesforce? Do you get to customize the fields? What does that look like? And now you've got me. Yeah. How much does it cost? Right now you've got me like, yes, this is something I'd be interested in. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and I was trying to not lead with any assumptions, but I think I started too high with not any assumptions. I was trying to like high level, get you down to reinforcement. Okay. Well now that we're here, but um, to your point, I mean, it took far too long to get there. And even when I uncovered the the part about the the CRM, I was like, is that problem enough? I don't know. You know, so I kept asking more questions, but, um, but that's exactly it. I think the problem with your problem is I don't think you understand what a problem is. <laughs> you keep saying you keep saying I wanted how, what was the word you you used? I went too high. I wanted to get what was the word you used? I didn't want to lead with assumptions. Yeah, um, and then you said I was trying to get down to reinforcement. I was trying to yeah, reinforcement. Yeah, reinforcement is not a problem. What's the problem? Getting information into CRM. Okay, that's a technical problem, but keep going, keep going. So that's a technical problem. Now what? Um, if there's information not in CRM, managers have no visibility into what's happening. They miss okay, forecasts. So then what? So then what? Uh, they miss forecasts. Um, they lose their job. Okay, and then what? After they lose their job? Yeah. They have to find, <laughs> find a new job. Here's the problem. What have you missed in this little equation? Who are you talking to right now? You, uh, the, the trainer, not the, yeah. Yeah, so notice once again, your brain is not connecting the dots. So so you started out with, it doesn't get into the CRM. And I said, what happens, does it get, get, does it get into the CRM? And you say, well, then they don't perform well or whatever your words were. And I said, what happens? And he says, he loses his job. We're not talking about him. Who are you talking yeah. to right now? Yeah, the, the sales manager, that, that your, your buyer. Yes. And so, the, so now you need to make that connection. So what happens when things don't go well? Um, that reflects negatively. It, it could affect negatively on, on your training. 
Now you're getting something. All right. Right? Yeah. So if it's either either I'm upset that it's negatively going to reflect or I want to increase the probability they're successful and in doing so maybe even make some additional revenue. Mm -hmm. But you got to get me there. I basically yeah. sold myself again. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a second meeting because I'm intrigued. But everybody pay attention. <clears throat> Matt is number 35 and number 30 bought or number 31 bought or whatever. But if we go and build this partnership and we offer this out, it's not because you sold me. It's I had to sell myself. And this is what happens. This is what 90% of most sales calls look like. Super smart, articulate guys get someone like me talking and they get the conversation going and the buyer themselves trip. They literally trip over the offering and then they end up selling themselves. Because Matt did not sell me. And I love you, Matt. Sorry. But Matt did not sell fair. me. It's all fair. And so, guys, pay the fuck attention. Like, I... I do these every every week. I love doing them, but I don't understand why salespeople have such a difficult time finding the problem. And I'm convinced it's because you don't know what a problem is. Reinforcement, is that happened yet or not happened yet? Not happened yet. So it's not a problem. Lack of reinforcement yeah. is a technical problem. And until you tell me what has happened because of the lack of reinforcement, it's a weak one at best. So if it's lack of reinforcement, then because of that lack of reinforcement, either on my side of the fence, it's unhappy customers, it's customers demanding their money back, it's, it's a slow growth in the, um, the value of the selling and people don't want to buy it, or it's on the other side of the house, it's the, it's they paid all this money and they're not maximizing the value and they're getting frustrated. They don't blame you, but they're getting frustrated because they can't get the sales team to do it and they need to reduce the barrier to entry or the, or the difficulties of, of adopting something they've invested in. Right. So so those are real problems or potential problems based on what happens by not getting. Sure. It, right? Yep. But you got to get me there, man. Yeah, I know. I felt like I was I was I started going down the path, but just couldn't quite get it to, to that to that level. Because no, I, was, I was thinking in, in terms of like like what percentage of, of companies continue with you. It's like, all right, I'm starting to get there, but just couldn't get into. Well, what happens if they're dissatisfied and they don't go with you? They go with a competitor. Yeah, so flip that whole thing back. When you're talking about what percentage go with you and all that shit, you should have got right to the chase. The yeah. only thing that you can affect is shit that goes into the CRM. Yeah. So go there first. Then from that, how do you think that affects things moving forward? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then you can say, you know, then you can say, well, because they don't get the shit in the CRM, key, how does that affect their adoption rate? Right. Then you might ask questions like, do you have agreements when you go in that what they're supposed to get? Are there goals? Are there goals for your training? Do buyers, do you and buyers have goals for the training that they're expecting or hoping to achieve by the time they get out? There are. Now, we, we don't guarantee them, but everybody has these set of goals. How often do they make them? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. What keeps them from happening? A lot of times it's adoption. Now you've got now you've got me locked into this fact that I might be able to increase the percentage of people who make the goals that they want to attain after going through our training. Fuck yeah! Hell yeah! But you didn't do any of that. <laughs> I don't have to. No, it's good. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, this is this is great, Keenan. This is super helpful. All right, is this making sense? Ton of sense. Ton of sense. I mean, and even like you say in the, in the beginning, I read it. Right? It's just it's it's just it just takes work. Uh, to get to get to that level of, of being able to to really improve upon it, so you need to understand is, the a crash course, and it's very helpful. 
Yeah, you need to understand the buyer, you need to understand their environment, and you need to understand what they're dealing with. And you got to get to the problems you solve first fast. Yeah. Everybody wants to dance way out on the fence. No, go find the problem and then work your way back out to the fence. Yeah. Because that's how you get someone's attention because that's what you solve. Yeah, and, and do you, so, I mean, you know, just, just uh, uh, bounce an idea off of you. My, my hesitation in, in preparing for this was starting so narrow that if I'm off, then, then where do I go? Do you recommend people have like three or four problems and, and they're specific and you try one? Because yeah. like, no, I don't care if it gets into CRM or not. It's like, yes. Oh, shit. Okay. So here we go. Um, are you losing? Wait, 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 wait. No, I know. I know you just sort of going fast, but a lot of times people miss stuff that's teed right up. Okay. You have, I wish there was a way I could get better at this. And guys watching, throw your questions in here, comments. Like this is one of the better ones, even though it's not as exciting as not beating the shit out of them. Um, it doesn't make it for good television, but there's some good nuggets in here. Look, if some first I've never asked somebody if they care about stuff getting in the CRM, but if that comes out of their mouth, that should be a huge red flag. If someone says, I don't care if shit gets in the CRM, what problem can you infer is going on if they don't care that shit's getting into the CRM? What problem can I infer if it's not getting into CRM? Um, the managers don't have visibility into their business. <laughs> okay. Oh my okay. God. Yes. Yes. But if managers don't have visibility, if managers, that's a technical problem again. If managers okay. have a business problem, can you infer? That's why I separate technical problems from business problems. What business problem can you infer? that they, I mean, they can't accurately forecast. That, that's a business problem to me. Okay, okay, but there's a better one or a bigger one. They don't what know what, 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 do you, what do you think happens if my sales team has no information in the, in the CRM? Um, longer sales cycles. Thank you, yeah. longer sales cycles. How about um, uh, uh, lower- Crappy win rates. Win rates, right? How about win rates? Yeah. So if someone says to you, I don't care if it gets into the into the whatchamacallit, you should you don't go off to another one. You challenge the fuck out of that mm -hmm. person. Oh, oh, wait, Matt, I, I appreciate that, but let me ask you this question. Because you don't care, are you telling me that if you go into the sales and you go into your CRM right now for your three biggest deals that are most critical to Q1, there'd be maybe no information on that opportunity there? Play with me, Matt. Answer the question. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but I can just call up my rep and, and have them give me the information. Okay, and so what confidence do you have that that rep has all the information to close that deal? Um, I mean, it depends on the conversation. If, if they answer their questions right, I feel confident. If they don't, then I lack confidence. Okay. Does the CEO or the CRO ever ask you what's going on with an opportunity? All the time. And what do you say? I'll have to get back to them. I'll have to call my rep. Matt, how much time do you think you spend in a month chasing reps around trying to figure out what's going on with an opportunity? It's probably 40% of my week. So let me ask you this question. Understanding you're spending 40% of your week, why then do you why do you not care if it gets into the CRM? If it got into the CRM, would that not give you 40% of your week back? It would. It would. But I want I to keep my team selling. I slayed you, Matt. I just fucking slayed you. <laughs> slayed you. And you, I let you go anywhere you wanted. I didn't yeah. tell you that, right? Yeah. Right. Why was I able to do that? Because you honed in on the problem. 
I honed in on the problem. I listened and I understand the connective tissue. You are not going to bullshit me with bullshit stuff. Not you, Matt. A buyer. Yeah. A buyer is not going to bullshit me with bullshit. I don't care if it gets to the CM. Fuck you. Yes, you do. And <laughs> you know, you're shitty. And I know you're shitty. So let me just not ask you the questions to unpeel this layer to show you that you're basically fucking incompetent and your statement to show me you're incompetent. But I'm going to do it in a way that makes you realize that you could actually get 40% of your time back. So the problem I just found is that you're spending 40% of your time chasing deals to find out if they're going to work, which means you're not spending time coaching, which means you're not spending time helping them close deals. And your CEO is probably pissed off. Your forecasting is low. Your average deal size is all fucked up. The whole thing's a shit show because you don't care if it goes in the CRM and I'm going to get yeah. all that out of you. I'm going to keep going to get all that out of you. Yeah. Right. But guess what, Matt, that's your job. Yeah, that's fair. And, and, and on the other side too, if they really don't give a shit, then they're, they're out, right? It's not a good fit. Like if they really don't care, then all right, yeah. you know, let me know when you do. Yes. But what, you, what the key piece is if you've done it right, you'll never get to, they really don't care if it's in there. What you're going to find out is they really don't care about improving because mm -hmm. if you're able to show they're spending 40% of their time and they still don't want to fix it. It's not about getting it into CRM anymore, is it? No. No. It's, it's always something bigger and deeper. But again, that's your job, Matt. Yeah. So you really got to start figuring out how a CRM works and all the things that it touches and all the downstream effects and all the different areas. So now when we start talking about finding problems, you know where to go. Yeah, spot on. Makes sense? Uh, makes a ton of sense. All right, baby. All right, so Keenan, we're going to look at calendars. What's, uh... I'm not doing it. Reach out to Danielle. Okay. Reach out to Danielle and set up a time, and I'll take a look at this. Um, and then you're going to pay me a, a binder's fee when I buy it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Fair enough. No, Fair. look, it's, it sounds interesting, okay? It sounds interesting. But next time you sell, you sell to me or whatever – I want you to do it. I want you yeah. to decide that you found my problem, got me to see something I didn't see, not I had to find something I didn't see. Yeah, I mean, I'm so I, I can't wait to re-listen to this and uh, and, and take it all down, and and we, we can do the same thing again, right? I, I could kind of walk it through and see how much I've, I've retained from this session. But this was super helpful, and uh, I know everyone else who watches these is very appreciative of them. So thank you. My pleasure, my pleasure, man. It was helpful. I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to doing the follow up because it could be cool. Sounds good. All right, baby. Thank you. You got it, my man. Peace. All right, everybody. All right, all right, all right. Who's? I want to let's let's you know let's take a minute to answer a few questions here. All right. Um, oh shoot, where'd it go? Okay, Matt Conway. The approach can seem kind of confrontational, though, right? Which approach, buddy? Like challenging the buyer? Yeah, to a certain degree. I look. The the skill is being able to ask the questions without it seeing as seeming as confrontational, right? The idea that, that basically you're unraveling uh, a ball of yarn or you're peeling back the layer of, a, of an onion. And if done correctly, that shouldn't feel confrontational. Like the way I did it with Matt, it's like, okay, you don't care. Can I ask you one quick question then? Um, how do you know a deal is going to close? How do you track those deals? Has your CEO called you? What happens when he calls you or she calls you? Um, you know, how many reps do you have? How much time do you spend running around trying to find out what's happening in opportunity? What do you do with the CRM if you don't put information in it? Why does it matter? As you ask those questions in a, in a conversational dialogue, it shouldn't be confrontational. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it should just come out as plain as day that the problem is sitting right in front of them. So having done as many of these as I've done, 
I would say less than 5% actually feel confrontational. And usually they're confrontational because either I fucked up somehow, but most of the time it's because the buyer is defensive. They know they're doing something wrong. They know they're not killing it. And they're those types of people that get frustrated um, with owning their own shit. And so they get in defensive mode and get on the attack, right? You know, those types of people. And if that's the case, I just move on because they don't want help anyways. So, um, okay. Anybody got any other questions before I get this guys? I hope this was a beneficial one. I hope you enjoy this. Enjoyed this. Uh, I love doing these. Oh, if you have a product or service you want to sell to me, matter of fact, I am no longer taking, um, uh, cold emails or, or cold calls. No longer. I had a woman from Oracle and NetSuite want to sell me, and I, she must have sent me 15 fucking stupid emails. And I was like, I, I can't do this with you anymore. So I basically said, you want my 15 minutes? Come on, Keenan Live, and let's talk about this. She's oh, I can't do that. I'll do this in a public setting. Well, then I guess you don't want my business because your emails blow. They were brutal, brutal. So, um, so here, text me here. Text me right away. And if you want to come on and you want 15 minutes of my time to sell me a product service, you don't even have to do a cold call. I will give you the 15 minutes. You come on and you try to sell me whatever it is you're buying. There are 55 of you right now, right now, who are supposedly salespeople. If you got something you think a sales guy needs, you've got something you think, um, uh, what's the name of my company? Or I need personally. <laughs> Hit me up. Call me up and let's do this because Matt is actually going to get a second meeting in uh, – we might actually create a partnership, save us some money. We're not build it ourselves, but who knows? All right, everybody. Um, thank you very much. You know what I'm going to say? Until next time, I love you all. Peace. I'm out. All I hear, go get the money. So I go get it. Get it, get it. Hate means I do something.